We believe in growth and continuous learning. We believe in educating and sharing knowledge. We believe the body is miraculous and is able to heal with the proper nutrition and support. And we believe the right mindset is key to your success. I'm Amanda Golightly. And I'm Kate McDowell. And, and this, this is, is the Limitless, Limitless Podcast. Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Limitless Podcast. This is Amanda Golightly with... Kate McDowell. And today we're talking all things food. So who wants to get us going? I can get us started. Um, the purpose of this was just to talk about where we came from, in a sense, because a lot of people have a backstory when it comes to an understanding of food and how it can be really used to help improve your health and improve your life overall. And we're no different than anyone else. We came from a place where, you know, we grew up with certain parameters in our homes when it came to food. Then we left home and had responsibility in our own hands. And just kind of talking about how I know, like for myself, convenience was really important and cooking all the time and doing the things that I do now when it comes to prioritizing using food for health uh, were very different. So Amanda, what was your history like in terms of food? I know you ate some things that you don't eat today. Uh, I mean, I, as far as growing up, my mom was very good about uh, making meals for the family and doing the best she could. I mean, she was busy as well with work and then going to school for a time. Uh, so she would do the best as far as making sure we were eating decent quality food, not eating junk, junk being, I guess, takeout and candy and things like that. Um, there, like we were allowed to have cereal and stuff like that. She would kind of kibosh the whole, anything really sugary kind of what would be known as the, I guess the crap cereal, if you will. Um, not that cereal was, is actually the greatest, uh, but we weren't allowed to have, um, like the frosted flakes, you know, the stuff have, did you ever have the packs when you like Christmas, they'd have the different types of cereal. Yeah. The and little boxes that you can yeah. eat out of the box. Yeah. So there'd be the, the types that would come in that, that I would not normally be allowed to have, I guess, like your, your corn pops, your lucky charms, the stuff, stuff like that. Um, but when I got a bit older and I, as far as what I was eating was more in my own hands, uh, like it was usually something like, as an easy go-to would, would be pasta for me. Like I would have this great big bowl and I would fill it with pasta. I'd fill it with sauce, probably not the best sauce back then either, uh, loaded up with the cheese and that would be my meal. And sometimes maybe that was the only meal for the day. Maybe, I don't know, it, that was that was something else. But it's, I mean, as far as the progression from that and actually learning how to cook uh, like chicken and, and beef and stuff like that along the way, it's it's quite the progression. Like even at a time I would just have like cereal for a meal. Like you could have easily three bowls of that. Right. And it would be filling enough, but you know, it's, it's, it was never, I don't think it was ever as satisfying as now when I think of having a decent steak with just butter and, and salt and that's way more filling and satisfying. Yeah. It's totally different. And I mean, that was my history too. I had a single mom growing up and same thing. Like ultimately we're all doing the best we can with the resources that we have. Mm -hmm. And my mom did the best she could, you know, she's taking care of a daughter that she's raising by herself. I was active. Um, I was, we ate 
Well, in the sense or in, in at least the perspective in, you know, the 90s um, when I was a teenager and stuff where it was like it was Jane's chicken versus the like lower quality stuff. But I mean, it was still processed foods. It was just convenience was a thing. And so similar to you, when I went out on my own and I had to start cooking for myself as well, that's convenience became a factor for me too, because, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, my mom did a lot of the cooking, which was helpful, but I wasn't cooking back then. So suddenly I had to work a full-time job and play sports and do all kinds of things and still find ways to feed myself. And so I would eat a whole bowl of cereal for dinner too. <laughs> that was my go-to before going to hockey um, because it was easy to digest. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like sluggish and crappy after eating it, but ultimately it wasn't giving me any nutritional value. But marketing can be very deceiving. You can go down the grocery store aisle, the cereal aisle, and look at, okay, so it's not kids' cereal. It's not Lucky Charms. It's not Corn Pops. It's not mm-hmm. trying to think, Frosted Flakes. Um, <laughs> it's not the, the sugary rainbow colored stuff, but even the multi-grain Cheerios that I used to eat that had the like made with whole grains and the other kind of nutrition benefit stickers on the box. It's all marketing. Absolutely. Everything's marketing. It is. And like I said, I wasn't getting nutritional value from that. Ultimately, there was no protein in that meal. It was (laughs) all carbs, all carbs, sugar. Yep. And I could eat dairy. So I would have almond milk with it. And I Mm -hmm. thought that that was the healthy way to go because it was low fat and because of the labels that were on the boxes, but same thing, like it would fill you up for a short amount of time, Mm -hmm. but overall it, it, it made me feel like crap and it wasn't helping me get healthier for sure. So what started the transition for you when it comes to the food changes? Um, I'm going to just, take a quick step back. Cause you mentioned with, I think almond milk that it was low fat. So I'm sure everyone remembers that trend. Was that like more nineties or was it eighties too? Like the low fat thing? Low it, fat was fat, low fat fat. it was actually the fifties. It was actually the fifties and it just didn't go away. That was Ansel Keys who was worked for the hardest American heart association yeah. who came out and said like fat is bad for you. Yeah. Fat is going to clog your arteries. And basically he was, um, financially tied to things like basal so to margarine so to healthy heart healthy fats and we were you know led to believe that fat was going to make you sick fat was going to make you fat and for for a long time even though it's it, it was disproven over and over and over again a lot of people still have that in the back of their minds like we grew up in the 80s so that was very much a part of our of our upbringing in our existence yeah, but I thought that was like the trend in the 80s and 90s. Like they had like a low fat uh, products all over the place kind of thing. They're still all over the place. Really? There's, yes. you know, zero. There was a trend around that time, no? Yeah, definitely. In the um, 80s, in the 90s, fat's bad. Fat's going to make you fat. Yeah. So yeah. the constant message we were receiving over and over and over again. And it's like, well, what? They're taking the fat out. What are they replacing it with? Sugar. Yeah. So how is that any better? Like they're so keen on focusing on like the like old school, if you will. If you were on a farm, you would have been getting your full fat milk and cream and 
thing, you know, what exactly how things would have been raised and there wouldn't have been sugar way back when. So it's just, everything's getting a bad name. That's actually good for us, which is kind of frustrating. Anyway, go back to your question. Cause I kind of got, there's a bit of a ta- tangent there, but I just wanted to <laughs> touch on that. Cause it's important. Was- it's important to talk about, and we'll talk about it a bit further on in this episode when we talk about like the things that you should be focusing on. But yeah, fat was definitely villainized mm-hmm. and it, it's come in different waves. Like I said, it was the American Heart Association through the 50s and 60s where they were, you know, saying that it was going to give you heart disease and get, cause all kinds of problems there. Mm-hmm. And then it became the fat is going to make you fat for a long time. And ultimately, I wish they weren't called the same thing, because for a lot of people, that's hard to get that out of your head. And I still hear people that say, oh, you know, I get the la- low fat yo- yogurt and I get the low fat milk and I get mm-hmm. you know all of these low fat things because I want to watch my waistline. And it's like, yeah, it's hard to shift that belief if that's something that, you know, your family believed and then you grew up believing and mm-hmm. that's like a whole, it's in your unconscious mind kind of thing. But yeah. Um, but my question was around like, what, what was the shift for you? What started making you uh, rethink what you were eating? Um, I'm not sure specifically, but I know uh, like there was a friend years ago that kind of introduced me to how to prepare chicken and more so protein. So that kind of got the ball rolling as far as, okay, I'm going to have some sort of protein on my plate and uh, a vegetable of some sort rather than <laughs> this massive bowl of pasta. So it's just, it was just a, I guess, an introduction by someone else as far as what my options were and what, you know, better things there were. Um, yeah, it's just basically been a journey, I guess, as far as learning what was better fuel for my body as opposed to the pasta. How did you feel? Did you feel a difference when you started to make changes? Um, I'm sure I did. I mean, I notice a difference now with not consuming uh, carbs and like heavy, like a lot of carbs just kind of weighs you down, makes you feel sluggish or even tired uh, with certain, not necessarily I'm sure, well, grains do the same thing. I'm thinking more wheat because I've got a bit of an issue with that right now. But sometimes consuming gluten, gluten's been given a bad name too, but anything wheat kind of of gave me that like hazy thing around the head and almost a bit of a tired thing. So stepping away from that and focusing more on eating protein, I'm I'm pretty keen on eating just a, a steak for dinner or whatever meal. So I'm pretty content with that and I feel good after that. I don't feel weighed down. I don't feel sluggish. Um, Yeah, I think it makes a huge difference as far as how I feel overall afterwards, what I put in my body. It's interesting to hear different stories of how nutrition changes um, came to be for people. And a lot of the times it is from hearing it from a friend or from seeing someone else make changes and thinking like, okay, you know, maybe that will work for me as well. Maybe that'll help me feel better. And I know, like, for me, it was similar. You know, I've talked on here before about how when I was dealing with chronic health issues, I saw a video from Dr. Terry Walls, who was talking about how she was able to get out of her, like, tilt wheelchair with Mm -hmm. terrible MS symptoms because of the changes she made in her diet. And that was, like, a big eye-opener for me because I had never had the concept cross my mind that food could make a difference for you. 
And so, yeah, this was when I was still the, you know, go play hockey three nights a week and eat um, multigrain Cheerios for dinner and almond milk and low fat everything and eat a whole bowl of just like spinach alone because I thought that was going to help me lose. And just like I went on a journey and then I found this this diet from Dr. Walls that's that's got higher animal protein, higher animal fat and just has a very different kind of makeup of what's on your plate versus what I was eating in the past. And sometimes that's the case where it's, it's a health journey. It's a health realization for people that like, okay, I'm not feeling good. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing is not working. Maybe this will help me. So that was kind of my experience was, was seeing Dr. Terry Walls and seeing what she was putting on her plate and realizing I have nothing to lose. I need to do something. What if this helps? And when I started making changes then, like that was in 2011, I believe, maybe early 2012. And it was overwhelming and it was scary because as I said, I wasn't a cooker. I wasn't someone who prepared every one of my meals. It came out of a box a lot of the times. Okay, I would, you know, throw some chicken fingers on a tray and put them in the oven, but I didn't cook things. Yeah. And so it was a really big transformation for me. And like you said, it was learning, like, put some protein on your plate and, you know, pair it with some vegetables was my, how I started doing things and get rid of the high carbs, get rid of the grains, get rid of the things that ultimately were causing inflammation for me and making my health not good. So, yeah, it's, I just find it interesting to hear people's stories, like, what was the changes that happened for you? But then it's also interesting to ask the question like, okay, what are you, what are you looking for in terms of are there changes you would like to see in your health? And at the same time, like, what are you putting on your plate? Cause a lot of the times those go very much hand in hand. Right. Yeah. Do they align if you will? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do your goals match what you're actually doing? Yeah. In all aspects. And food yeah. is, food is kind of a, food is hard. Food is a hard concept for a lot of people and it's scary. I get it. In 2012, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. It's right. yeah, it's changed. Cause sometimes we, I mean, it could be a cultural thing as far as how you eat, what you eat. And then maybe there's a tie-in with uh, memories, emotions as well with food. I know that can be the case. But it's just, it's getting to the bottom of you have to decide, as you said, goals. What's the outcome you want and what are you willing to do to get there? Yeah. And like, yes, food is hard. If, like you said, if it's a cultural thing, if it's a family thing, if you have kids, um, no parent once or I've heard we don't have kids but I don't have kids but I've heard that like no parent wants to make four dinners at night so if you have two kids and yourself and your spouse you don't want to be making different dinners for everyone but it's like how can we make small changes that are ultimately going to help you get healthier Mm -hmm. and when you start to make changes I can definitely speak from experience on that when you start to do the work and you start to make changes and you start to feel better it's all worth it. It's like a, holy crap. Okay. This was scary. I didn't really want to do this. 
but I feel so much better. I can't stop. Like when I, when I started, I said to myself, um, I will give this a 30 day trial. It was kind of a more of a paleo way of eating things. Like I said, it was no grains at all. It was pretty much no processed foods. Um, there was some restrictions around vegetables. Like I avoided nightshades as much as I could. So that's things like bell peppers, um, tomatoes. I was a little bit loose with that regulation. Mm -hmm. um, but I was trying to do the things that would help reduce inflammation in my body. And like, ultimately, yes, it was hard, but my 30 day trial went on for years because I felt so much better that I was like, I'm not, I'm not going back to how I yeah. was feeling before. Right. Yeah. That's pretty huge motivation to have such a change, a drastic change. I'm sure it was a progress to that point as well, but just to notice what you put in is what you get out. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the time we find that too, when we work with clients, we could be, you know, taking a look at their food journal, or we could be working with them with a program, you know, where we quantum test them, we figure out what the causes of their symptoms, and then we figure out what their body needs to get back into balance. And we use all like organic um, whole food supplements to help people, but sometimes people aren't progressing as well as maybe they should be. And so to take a look at what you're eating and see, is there something that is not helping your body move forward as it should be? And this could be, this is a surprise sometimes. I've had this experience too, where, you know, I work with a practitioner too and use quantum nutrition because it has helped me. Mm -hmm. And I was tested and she said, you can't have Brussels sprouts. And I was like, what are you talking about? They're green, they're healthy. Like no one would, would think that Brussels sprouts were problematic. But ultimately, when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to working towards better health for yourself, it's about figuring out what's the best solution for you and for your body. So, you know, food is no different there as well. Yeah, that's the, the cool thing. Again, like I've said many times, the cool thing about quantum nutrition testing and that it's specific to the person, you can find out what's working for them individually and for all things. I mean, we're just talking food specifically, but as you said, you can be consuming what you think is the right things and then find out your body is really not happy with it for whatever reason. It's just not, not uh, doing what it needs to do. And I mean, that doesn't mean it's like off limits forever. And sometimes it's just your body needs to heal. And yeah, it's just a process. Absolutely. And yeah, that's, I was just thinking that too. And you picked up on that, but yeah, it's not forever. Like this is a lot of the times when there's changes that are made, unless it's a food that's, that your system like ultimately doesn't like, or it's mm -hmm. a food that's not going to help you. Like I probably won't eat some of the things I will never eat multi-grain Cheerios again. Most yeah, likely. I, I don't see myself eating cereal at all again. Or a no. whole bowl of pasta. I can't no, see. That, <laughs> just the thought of trying to consume that, it, I, the, the fact that I don't even know how I would feel on that because it's been so long is just, it's a no-go. It's just, it's not going to happen, right? Yeah. But when it comes to like the small changes where it's like your body just isn't liking this right now. Like for me, I hope Brussels sprouts come back one day. Will they? I don't know for sure. I would imagine that they will. But this is where, you know, it's, it's not forever. It's not, we're telling you, you can't eat these things ever again. 
So, you know, that's something that we do with clients individually, as Amanda said, in quantum nutrition testing. Um, but what are some kind of guidelines that you follow or you recommend to people when it comes to food? Basically, it's looking at what works for that person's body and like what are the foods that most people do well on? Because I know there's there's so many different diets, if you will, out there and fads. And it's not really about a diet because we don't want to do a diet. We want to do basically, I know they always throw out the word lifestyle. So it's something you want to be able to do all the time. And we're never going to eat perfect. I don't eat perfect. There's always something in the mix, a little bit, right? Uh, but ultimately you want to eat whole foods. Generally, we say the perimeter of the grocery store, excluding perhaps your bakery or your prepared foods. Uh, so whole foods being, it's a one word food being beef, chicken, broccoli, um, carrots are the thing that, that's coming to mind currently. But you want it to be a one word thing. You don't want it to be in a box where it's got a million ingredients, ingredients that you can't even pronounce. <laughs> um, those are generally the best things you want to go for, right? Ideally, if you can, organic for a lot of things. Uh, it's not always feasible, but at least if you're consuming whole foods and cutting out the sugars and your processed stuff, you're going to already be doing better, regardless if it's organic or not. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the process is a problem for most people because mm -hmm. our system doesn't know what to do with it is part of the issues. Like if you eat a, a handful of blueberries, your system can be like, oh, that's a blueberry. I know how to break that down. I know how to digest it. Whole foods, generally speaking, are going to come with everything that your body needs in them in terms of being able to break them down too. So like vegetables, like fruits, um, if you think of an apple, you know, it's got the nutrients of the peel, it's got fiber in there. So the body's able to digest it at the right rate so that it doesn't spike blood sugar. Like these foods are designed to be, to give the body what it needs to be able to digest them properly. But processed foods are basically like partially digested for you already because they're broken down. Um, a lot of the times they don't have the vitamins and minerals in them that we need. A lot of them are deficient in fiber, so they cause chaos with our blood sugar. They can impact digestion, um, and, and they're going to be often containing chemicals, containing um, like glyphosate, um, like other things that are not going to help our bodies function properly. So the outer perimeter of the store is such a great recommendation. It's funny because we were, I knew we were going to be talking about this and I was in a grocery store yesterday, I believe, and was looking at how like there's the produce section and then there's bakery that yep. goes on forever. And I was like, okay, so it's not the full perimeter of the store, but like the perishable things. So the fruits, the vegetables, the fresh meats, like mm -hmm. the things that you either need to eat it right away, pretty much, or you need to freeze it or it's not going to survive. Um, those are really good things to focus on. And, you know, like Amanda said, the, the, the ingredient should be what the food is. Like there shouldn't be a long list of ingredients in the foods that you're consuming. Because a lot of them, we don't even probably really know what they are. Because again, from the marketing standpoint, sugar has like 20 different names 
and lots of other, you know, chemicals and other things that we don't really want to be consuming are given different names so that mm-hmm. there, people don't go, oh, I don't want to eat that. Yeah. And they sneak yeah. it into everything. Everything, yeah. pretty much everything has sugar in some sort of form in it if it's uh, a multiple ingredient item. Yeah. And another sneaky one that's snuck into a lot of things is soy, which a lot of people don't realize. Even like soy lecithin, which is like an emulsifier, which helps to keep like the fat globules from mixing with other things or it's used as a lubricant. But soy is one that's often in there as well. And a lot of these chemicals and a lot of these um, like non-natural foods and, and additives that are in these products that we're eating, I don't even want to call it food, um, can have impacts on the body, can have impacts on our hormones is a really big area that, that, you know, these things can be problematic. So if you're focusing on eating as many whole foods, so fruits, vegetables, um, like meat, fish, eggs, as possible, or minimally processed, if there is going to be processed stuff as well, Um, This is going to benefit you overall in terms of health in general. And, you know, whatever your goals are around health, if it is to work on improving, you know, blood sugar related conditions or Mm -hmm. um, blood pressure related or weight or skin health, like ultimately digestion is such a big part of all of this. And we want to make sure that we're giving our body the tools that it needs to be able to to get and stay healthy and diet is a huge part of it. Again, diet. Yeah. yeah. If you're choosing different foods like that, whole foods and things that are basically one ingredient, you're cutting out a lot of the potential toxins and things that come along with processed stuff, which as you said, it will help reduce what your body's taking in and what your body has to get rid of. And then your body's not using as much energy on that process. Yeah. So those are the things that we want to aim for, right? So the yes. the fruits, the vegetables, the fish, the um, meat, the eggs, the outer perimeter of the store as much Good as possible. Fats. Good fats, yes. So yeah. like avocados, um, butter, ghee. Uh, I definitely remember that being villainized. My mm-hmm. my parents used to, my my mom and her siblings. We used to go to my grandparents for dinner and my Nana used to be like an amazing cook, but there was butter on everything, everything. And she used to get harassed by the family. Like you shouldn't use so much butter, use margarine. It's better for you. Goodness, I didn't know at the time yeah. looking back now, I'm like, she was right. Yeah. She knew what she was doing and it's, it's conditioning and it's what we've been told. But yeah, totally. butter is really good. Healthy fats are such an important factor. Our body can't make hormones properly mm-hmm. if they don't have if it doesn't have the fats that it needs. Yeah, and that ties into cholesterol as right as well, right? With that yeah. being villainized as well, cholesterol is bad, cholesterol is bad, but we need cholesterol in order to make the hormones that you just mentioned. Yeah, exactly. It's a building block of hormones. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so we've got the things that you should focus on eating or work towards eating. What are the big things? If you had to think of a few big things that we should avoid, what comes to mind? A lot of your, I don't know, carby things, like uh, carby things. That's just kind of funny. Uh, mm-hmm. Your Any sort of candy, cookies, cakes, um, ice cream, any of your 
any of the snacks, those kind of things mostly, right? Um, what else? Those are kind of the big ones, I guess. Uh, chips, stuff like that, stuff that's not really a meal and that maybe at one point I did consider a meal, not really a good one, but you know, it's just stuff like that. You want to stay away from the, basically the crap, if you will. Yeah. The highly processed <laughs> stuff, highly right? Processed. The, yeah. The stuff that's like, there's so much science behind those things too, behind like what's going to, going to taste good. And that's mm -hmm. not going to keep you full. So the, like the Lay's commercial that bet you can't eat just one. Oh God. There's yeah. science behind that. Yeah. There's and some of the ingredients actually encourage you to be hungry. Eat more. Yeah. Eat more. Absolutely. Bet you just can't eat one thing kind of goes along with, right? It's the like disappearing calories. They call it too, <laughs> because it goes in your mouth and it's yeah. the, the ratio of fat to salt to things that are in there. It's like, I don't even feel like I ate anything. So you just keep eating, which is crazy. <laughs> Um, but the other ones that I was thinking about, so the processed foods are definitely something that we want to avoid as much as possible. Um, I was also thinking of inflammatory oils. Mm, good one. That's something that was really important for me when I was trying to reverse my MS symptoms. So the things like vegetable oil, mm -hmm. the things like this, so the seed oils, so like sesame oil, if it's organic, potentially it's okay. But ultimately I stay away from the the vegetable oils, the seed oils, um, because any of these things, they're, they're inflammatory because they're damaged really quickly. And a lot of the times, especially if you shop at Costco, you go and there's like this giant plastic bottle of vegetable oil and the oils that are damaged easily are damaged when they're exposed to light, to heat and to air. And so the giant plastic bottle, A, there's a lot of it in there. So it's going to be exposed over and over and over and over again to air every time you open it. It's see-through, so it's going to be exposed to light. And it's going to be more easily exposed to heat just mm -hmm. because of the size of it and because it's it's moved around more and stuff. So we want to avoid the inflammatory oils. Um, and then we also want to avoid – I'm going to make some enemies out of this potentially <laughs> – um, we want to try and avoid the soy products because this is going to have a really big impact on our hormones. And this is for men and women. And a lot of the times people don't even consider that. And so a really big trend over the last couple of years, anyway, it's probably more than that, but I'm not, I, I don't eat this stuff. So I, anyways, the last couple of years for sure, a really big trend has been like the impossible burger mm -hmm. and the other vegetable-based foods that are on in the market now. Is that what it's called? Plant-based. Plant All the plant-based plant products that are out there, a lot of those contain soy. And soy is a phytoestrogen. So soy is going to compete in the body with the estrogen that our body makes. And it also can increase estrogen in the body, which is, is part of the reason that people deal with estrogen dominance, which can lead to all kinds of symptoms for women and for men as well. So we want to, you know, if you're eating a little bit of that, you may be okay. But the fact is that it's in all of our food. Yeah. If you go and look at processed foods, if you go look at the labels, it's hard to find anything that doesn't have soy lecithin, lecithin in it. Um, and other things that aren't even, they're not even labeled as soy. So that's kind of the big three that 
that I would focus on avoiding. And, and when you focus on whole foods, this is a really easy way to do this. I'm going to add to the uh, bad oils thing as well. Uh, if you do anything fast food for the most part, chances are one of those seed oils or canola oil, whatever you call it, is likely to be used in their making of that food. So it's it's something, like, I mean, you, if you're interested, you could go to the, the place that you might prefer to go to, whatever fast food joint that would be, and you could ask them, like, what oils are they using? Like I've, I've seen videos on uh, Instagram where this guy, he would go in, Paul Saladino specifically, he would go into the different restaurants and ask them what were they using. And a lot of the time it was some sort of vegetable oil or canola oil, right? And these are bad for us. These are not going to help our body in any way. So like for me, that's a big reason to make food at home because I know exactly what's in it. I know what I'm making when it comes to that. So it's something else to just be aware of too. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you are eating out, we are going to eat out from time to time as well. Yeah. There's other choices. There's other choices that you can make. I mean, maybe it's going to something that I do all the time and it's something I've done for quite a while because I haven't been, gluten has not been my friend for a long time. Um, I used to get a reaction where it was like I went, I was drunk and I would pass out on the table. I would have very like instant and extreme cognitive reactions Mm -hmm. from gluten. And so eating a burger without a bun is not foreign to me. I will just go and, you know, order the burger patty, maybe some lettuce some tomatoes some pickle, whatever you want to put on the burger, but just the burger without the bun is one way if you're looking for options that are not at home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything that's fried, anything that's battered, you, you have to be careful because you don't know the oils that they're cooking things in on the grill and stuff too. So anything that's grilled um, can be a good way to do things versus mm-hmm. baked or versus poached. Yeah. Um, actually poached is okay. Sorry, uh, grilled or roasted. We don't know what oils they're using to cook them in. Um, anything that's kind of as minimally processed as possible, even salads, you have to be careful because the commercial salad dressings are full of things uh, that you may not even know that there's something in there that you don't like. Yeah, uh, but you can always ask them and say like, mm-hmm. what oils or things are you using? And, and maybe ask, maybe they can substitute with something else that's a little better. Exactly. You can yeah. typically, you can ask for olive oil, some olive oil. Um, if you're having a salad or like a squirt of lemon mm-hmm. can be all right too. Right. Yeah. So it's just finding ways to, if you're mostly eating at home, you have control, you have say over what goes on your plate and how it was made. Um, and ultimately what you're putting on your fork. But if you're eating out, you have to be a little bit more creative. I mean, thankfully, you know, in 2011, when I was making changes to my diet, people would look at me like I was crazy. When I'd go to a restaurant and ask to make changes, they were like, what? Now everyone has changes that they're making. So it's more comfortable and it's more accessible to people, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting to see how things have come, like how far things have come. Just as you say, like, people have those reactions to what you're asking for something different. It's like, what are you talking about? Even I'm sure when you were asking for a burger without a bun or something different, it's kind of like, what, why? <laughs> but yeah. You start making those little changes and I don't know, just make such a difference. Yeah, it's true. It's huge. And I mean, it, it's, it's less foreign to people now, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it gets more comfortable. The more you start, making changes for yourself. Don't start big. 
Um, well, I guess, sorry, I shouldn't say that because that's, me. <laughs> that's who I am. Um, and some people are going to be like that. Some people are going to be like, nope, I'm in. I'm all mm -hmm. in. I'm diving in head first. And if that's your personality, go for it. Um, but for a lot of people, it's easier to start making small changes. So, you know, if it's, if you look at your dinners and it's like, okay, what is one change I can make here to start adding more whole foods or to start reducing the processed foods? Um, and like a little bit at a time is every change that you make is going to benefit you and move you closer to, you know, a healthier living way of living in the future. Absolutely. I think we've covered the majority of things that we wanted to. Yeah. We've covered a lot of things and went in a lot of places. Um, I think that was good. Uh, anything else you want to add or you think we're good? Um, I think that's pretty good. I mean, ultimately like food, I know it's challenging um, or it feels like it's challenging, but it's really not. If you think about it, of all the things that you could be asked to change or to try in your life, changing what you put on your plate, it, it's, it will make a massive difference. And for the effort that's involved, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and if you consider our bodies basically a vehicle, and if you had like a high end, fancy sports car, what you put in uh, translates to what you're getting out of that. You want high performance, you have to put high performance parts and oil and fuel into that vehicle. And ideally, if we do the same, we should get a high performance out of our bodies. So it's something to consider when you are eating anything in your, in your day to day. Absolutely. And it's not about being perfect. Never. It's no. about, it's, never like, gonna happen. it's about what, how can I make one choice? That's a little bit different. That's going to move me towards health. So well said. All right. Well, thank you for listening today. If you guys have any questions, any comments, please reach out. Uh, our, as always, our website and Instagram handles will be in the, the comments area or the, um, basically the what the write-up is for this episode uh so thank you for listening as always we appreciate it have a great day